Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Once again, we, we're so happy to have each of you in the house of the Lord today. I trust that you are enjoying this new format. Personally, I like it. I was a little surprised when 30 minutes passed in the teaching session. I just, it just slipped away. I don't know if it was that quick for you, but it certainly for me, it was a very quick 30 minutes. My subject today, and I'll start with my title. If the computer will work. <laughs> hell is more hell and heaven is more heaven than you can imagine. I, uh, I have through the years observed this and it, it's becoming almost epidemic now where people refer to hell and it's almost like a, a second language. <laughs> it's, uh, they say they're going through hell. They say they live in hell. They said, I don't have to go to hell because I've already got hell. But can I tell you today, there is nothing in this world it doesn't matter how bad your day gets, how many horrible months or years you might have experienced in difficulty and problems. There's still nothing here to compare to that place there. And it's also been said that America is so affluent and we are so blessed and we have so many things that we are not interested in heaven. But I cannot tell you. You can't drive enough nice cars, live in enough beautiful homes, wear enough nice clothes, have enough money in your bank account to ever begin to compare to what he has prepared for us there. So I can tell you today, whether you are a believer or an unbeliever, and if I believe statistics, I'm afraid that I'll be talking to a lot of unbelievers today. But then, Brother Joe, Brother Carol, Brother Bill, isn't that our job? <laughs> to try to help people become believers. It's said that only... 17 out of every 100 Americans believe that there is a hell. And so I know that while I speak on the subject of hell, I'll be paddling upstream. But if I don't get there today, I'm going to get there in a couple of Sundays. I'll be paddling downstream because I'll talk about heaven because 93% of Americans believe in heaven. So I'm going to paddle upstream for a little while here today, and I'm going to talk about hell. One of the reasons it's so difficult to talk about hell is we have been desynthesized. 
we are constantly bombarded with uh, horrible situations. If it's not the news, then we go buy something like a horror movie. We go pay to watch something that is horror, brings pain and uh, brings misery in our life and brings fear in our life. And, and, and so that when we speak about the biblical hell, there's little feeling because we have been desynthesized. We have been brought to a point that our emotions are calloused and we have no real feelings about what the Bible says about hell. After all, there's, there's a few scriptures about hell, but we watch our stuff in the world and read the books in the world by the hours, and we constantly bombard our emotions with things that leave us with no feeling about the real. Matter of fact, it's the people with the money that can paint the biggest pictures and tell the biggest stories and, and enrapture our minds and our thoughts for hours, all the while doing something to our ability to deal with the real. So I pray God help us today. Our world has come a long ways in a short period of time. They refuse to believe that anything that's evil, if, if we speak about evil, matter of fact, I uh, was looking, uh, Googling, you can Google it too. Just be careful what you Google. You may be Googling when you get Googled. So you don't want to go there. Picking your subjects. I found that there are religious movies, movements that are trying to get rid of the myth called hell. Churches. Because they say, what good does that do telling people about hell? Well, it's unpopular, but I'm going to paddle a boat upstream today. It's quite possible to be like the fellow that said, I don't believe, a hell, believe in hell, but I'm taking a fire extinguisher with me in case. It not, it's not going to work. You've got to get your fire extinguisher here before you get there. Or you don't even have to go there because you won't need a fire extinguisher if you get it here. So the same people that don't want to talk about evil, don't want to say that God would judge somebody and there would be an ultimate judgment that the sheep and the goats would be separated, the right and the wrong would be separated, the righteous and the unrighteous would be separated one day, and judgment would come to those that have not been born again. And there's only one option, and that is hell. And so they say, well, we're just not going to believe it. Well, there's something called foxhole religion that when you get there, when you get to that point, you become a believer. Doctors treating people for their illnesses found that when they were dealing with patients dying, found people 
that were coming in and out of consciousness were seeming to be slipping to the other side, and they would come back to life and screaming, I'm in hell, I'm in hell. And one doctor said he was looking into one patient's eyes, and when he came back to for the last time, he said, I'm telling you, doctor, I'm in hell, and it was over. There is a hell. You don't have to go there. I'm not preaching that I want you to go there. I don't want anybody to go there. I don't know of anybody that deserves to go there. I don't know of anybody that should go there. I don't wish that on anybody. I see people and I hear people say that all the time. Try to give people their forwarding address like it wasn't anything at all. But I want you to know there is a real hell. But there is a real Savior. And He comes and stands at the crossroads. The cross is the crossroad of our life. And He laid down His life so that you and I wouldn't have to go there. But we have to be coming to Him and not to order, in, not order, in order not to go there. Scripture says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously daily. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. It said, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died, was carried to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, beside between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, Father, that thou would ascend to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that I may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And Abraham said unto them, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And they said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one would come from the dead, they would repent. And he said, If they will not hear Moses and the prophets, neither Will they be persuaded, though one came from the dead? You say, well, that's a parable. No, that's not a parable. Jesus didn't include names when he gave parables. But he put names when he gave this one. You say, but that's just a few words, but it's enough words. It lets me know that it's true. Matter of fact, Jesus had more to say 
about hell than he did about heaven. And it tells us that it is a dreadful place. You could say there were two funerals here. There was the funeral of Lazarus that nobody attended, that maybe the dogs came to looking for Lazarus. And there was the funeral of the rich man that everybody showed up for. I could just imagine the mayor was there. I could just imagine all the people of wealth in the city were there. I could imagine that they walked by the rich man's casket and said, well, at least he's finally in a better place. Isn't that what they all say today? It's what they say about everybody today. But you see, Scripture said that God was telling the story from his side and his perspective. Both men died. Both men were carried and buried. But it didn't end there. You know, some people would say that's the end of life. You, you die and it's all over. It's, there's nothing else. Inside of every one of us, there is a soul that will live forever somewhere. We'll either live in heaven or we will live in hell. The born again, those that have walked in righteousness before Christ, that have applied his word, his blood to their lives, have a place in heaven. But those who choose not to, those that turn away from it, find themselves in another place that is called a place of torments, a place of fire. On the screen in front of you, you see fire. It's a fire that the Scripture said the, the worm dies not. It, it never ends. It keeps on burning. It's, it's a place that's there where the soul of man will ever deal with the judgment of not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word not ever embracing baptism, not ever embracing the newborn experience of being filled with the Spirit of the Lord, evidenced by speaking in a heavenly language as He gives the utterance. If hell could open its door tonight, we'd see the rich man there. The fire would be rolling up around his body and but that might not be the worst part of hell. The, Jesus said that, Abraham said, remember, 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 remember what you could have done, remember what you should have done. It will always be for out, throughout eternity a remembering, remembering. I'm not trying to scare you. I wouldn't want you to just come because of fear, but I would like to stir your heart and your spirit to help you to realize that all this temporary stuff that we feel like is so important 
that we give up Christ for. All this temporary stuff that will soon pass away, we'll have to deal with throughout eternity if we don't let Jesus do a work in our hearts and our lives. No, I'm not trying to give anybody their forwarding address today, but I would like to change the address for some folks. The world doesn't think too much of hell. Satan would have his singers sing about it like this song. I'll give you black sensations up and down your spine. If you're into evil, you're a friend of mine. See my white light flashing as I split the night. Cause if God's on the left, then I'm sticking to the right. I won't take no prisoners, won't spare no life. Nobody's putting up a fight. I've got my bell, gonna take you to hell. I'm going to get you. Satan's going to get you. Perhaps the worst thing about hell is no hope. No hope. We say we're going through hell, but we have hope. You may have situation in your life today, but you're breathing. There's hope. You're in the house of God. There's hope. But every soul in that place finds themselves praying. Just like the rich man in hell. He's praying. He's praying for his family. He's praying for a revival in his family. He's praying to God that he would send an evangelist to his family. He's praying for one drop of water. Can you imagine how much of one drop of water on the finger of Lazarus, when it crosses hell, how much of it would still be on that finger to touch his tongue? I'm not talking about myth, and I'm not talking about a fairy tale. I'm talking about hell. The one the Lord said, it's either heaven or it's hell. I trust today those of us that are prepared and ready would also have a heart for those that are not ready. That there would be somewhere in us a tear. There would be somewhere in us a burden. A care for those that are unprepared. Those that didn't give it a thought to be in the house of God today. A day of pleasure was more important than spending time in God's presence. Eternity has two choices, heaven 
or hell. Let's stand together. The question is, where will you spend eternity? You see, since you're in this house today, since you're in this house today, it tells me you still have a choice. You have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to repent of your sins. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, we have the water in the baptistry. There's an opportunity for you to be baptized. For in the waters of baptism, the blood is supplied to your life, and those sins are washed away. And then to be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful Wonderful thing to happen in your life. I would say don't pass up this opportunity today. Heaven and hell is real. It doesn't matter if just 17% of Americans believe in a hell. It doesn't matter how many preachers quit preaching there is a real hell. Because the Bible still said there's a real hell. I'd invite us today to come and pray. Not just one person, not two, because everybody here knows somebody that's headed to hell. And I think every one of us should have a feeling in our heart that we don't want them to go there. And it'd be good if we would come and pray today. It would be very good if we came and prayed today. Would you join us here? Just don't, don't miss the opportunity today to pray wherever, wherever you are in the house of God today. Don't miss the opportunity to pray.